Amen, amen. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled, became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. I came across a story recently. Um, this pastor was asking the children. He was kind of doing children's church, and it was on Easter, and he said, um, he said to them, Now, children, do you know what Jesus said when he came back to life, when he came out of the tomb? What were the first words? And one of the little girls raised her hand and said, Ta-da! And I don't know if that's the Greek or the Latin, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> Jesus coming out of the grave. Ta-da! I'm here. Greetings. And on this Sunday morning, as we celebrate Easter, the response from those women that morning who desperately wanted to see what had happened to Jesus, and when the stone was rolled away and the angel was there, they then responded by worshiping him. You know, sometimes we wonder, why do we worship? Why do we sing songs? Why do we write songs? Why do we have melodies? Why are there, why are there poems? What are these things that come up in us? And, you know, many times um, we have to remember that God is the one who designed us and made us and that God created us for himself. Right, you go back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God actually created us to have relationship, to have community with Him. And in that relationship, it was meant that all of life was worship. That as we talked, that as we went by our day, that it was worshipful. Of course, we know that sin entered the world and for thousands of years devastated society, people's lives, families ripped us apart. And kept us separated from God. But then on Good Friday, as we just celebrated, Jesus came. And he said, for once and for all, for thousands of years, yes. But you know what? I'm going to be the final sacrifice. That's why this cross is here and it's empty. Jesus ain't on it anymore. He gone. <laughs> He's not around. He's off it. He was only on it for six hours. Six brutal hours. But those six hours of him suffering, paying the price made way for him to be buried. And just when the enemy, kids, you know what I'm talking about, the enemy, the devil, that really bad guy who's a total loser, 
You know he is. He's already lost. He's a total loser. That devil, he's like, oh, we got Jesus. Remember, he tried to tempt him out in the desert. He was like, hey, I know you're hungry. You haven't eaten for 40 days. How about this? And he said, no. He said, how about this? He said, no. He tried to tempt Jesus. Jesus said, no. And then on the cross, you know, the devil's thinking, we got him. Finally, I got him. And then Jesus is buried. And on Saturday, which would have been yesterday as we're thinking about it, everyone's kind of down thinking, man, (laughs) I thought Jesus was it. But then Sunday morning, that stone's rolled away. The soldiers are shocked. The angel is there. And the women come, and he shows up and says, ta-da, or greetings. And the joy starts coming. Now, let's pick the story up a little bit from here, because from here, I want to tell us a story. You may know it as the road to Emmaus. Now, in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this story is only recorded in the Gospel of Luke. But I think it's significant for us today, because I think many of us, in our past life, or even in, in, in previous days, or even presently, may be able to relate with these young men traveling on the road to this town called Emmaus. Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. I love that. I mean, was he hiding in a bush? I mean, did he just appear like magic? I mean, what was it? I don't know, but it sounds fun. Jesus shows up to them, and they're just walking. This is a seven-mile journey. You know, I'm, I can walk fast, but even me, it's going to take, you know, 12, 14 minutes a mile. So you can imagine they've got about an hour and a half plus trip walking to Emmaus, and Jesus shows up. Verse 16, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? I love it, Jesus, just playing coy, you know? Oh, what are you talking about? And they said to them, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And how our chief priest and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They went at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see, speaking of Jesus. Now, I want to share a few things with you about this story, and we'll continue on in just a moment. But the number one thing is this. What we all need to remember this morning is that Jesus pursues us. If you remember, right, like, does anyone remember why did God actually send his son Jesus to earth? He was doing just fine in heaven. I mean, beautiful streets of God. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. But why did God send his son? Because he loves us. 
and because he knew there is no other way for us to have relationship with God Almighty, the God who created these trees, the sky, every, created us. There's no way because the sin was this big, it's like this big door blocking us from knowing God. He sent Jesus. And Jesus lived this perfect life for 33 years, then he died on a cross, was buried, and then raised in the tomb. So Jesus pursues us. And even as he's resurrected, he shows up to these couple of guys walking on the road to Emmaus and just kind of pops in their conversation, still pursuing people then, which means Jesus didn't just pursue us before he was killed, pursues us afterwards. And not just while he's walking on earth, but even now. He even says he sent his Holy Spirit who would be pursuing us. So I want us to remember this morning, Jesus pursues us as the resurrected Jesus. The second thing he does, he actually opens our eyes. I want to continue on in this story because I want you to see as Jesus has this initial conversation with these guys, it continues on in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 25. And he said to them, remember their last statement to him was, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just the women said, but him they did not see. Meaning these guys had heard the story. They had witnessed some of the events. Even their close buddies had just been to the same tomb. The women said it was empty. And they're like, we don't know what's going on. And so Jesus continues. And he said to them, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. So now we're about an hour and a half into the journey. And he acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, and he blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And at that moment, their eyes were opened. It's at the breaking of the bread. And they recognized him. And then he vanished. Kids, you ever heard of like, you know, like some sort of magic trick where it's, you see something and you don't? It's like maybe you put a bunny in a hat. It's around Easter. You know, you put the bunny in the hat and the bunny's gone. Okay, but that's just a trick. But this was, this was a miracle. This is like supernatural Jesus right there at the dinner table. And he breaks bread. And then all of a sudden, their eyes are like, oh my goodness, this is the guy. And then he's gone. He's vanished. That'd be an incredible meal, wouldn't it? So that's what happens. Their eyes are open. Jesus vanishes from their sight. And they said to each other, they said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened up the scriptures to us? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem So they just got there, slept, had their meal. Then they just journeyed back another hour and a half. And they found the 11, those other disciples, and those who are with them gathered together. And they said, the Lord has risen indeed and has has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So the first point we see is that Jesus pursues us. The second one is, is that Jesus opens our eyes. And everybody just close your eyes real quick. Close them. Now, what if you had your eyes closed? Come on, kids, close your eyes. What if you had your eyes closed and I told you you're supposed to walk back to your car with your eyes closed? You ain't going to make it. You ain't going to make it to your car. 
you'll probably bump into somebody well before you get to your car, right? It's really hard to go places when you can't see. But when your eyes are open, you can see clearly. In the same way, the way that we are in this world with sin in our lives, that means every lie, everything we've stolen, every bad thought we've had, every time we've done something, we've dishonored God, every time we've, we've not obeyed our teacher, not completed our homework, all those things add up, all those things, those things cloud us. It's like putting on several layers of glasses and I just, I can't see right. But what Jesus does is he opens our eyes. He allows us to see clearly. It's like having 20-20 vision, right? I wear contacts. We got a lot of people wearing glasses and contacts around here. But Jesus just gives you that crystal clear vision. So everything now comes in to focus. He walked him through the Old Testament prophets. It said from Moses to the prophets, he told them the story. Now what I want us to remember is that Jesus can be found in all the scriptures. Do you know that? Like, he literally tells them about himself by tracking through Genesis, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, the Psalms, the prophets, and he walks through and he shows them where he is the whole time. And I want us to remember that when we are searching for truth, we need to search it in his word, not in the opinions of man. But you go to the word. This is where you find Jesus, here. The third thing we see in this road to Emmaus story is that not only does he pursue them, he opens their eyes, but he reveals himself. Jesus reveals himself. And I love how he reveals himself because it's over a meal. But it's, but it's in the breaking of bread. Do you remember that Jesus said to these men, he said, oh foolish ones, do you not know that the son of man, that I had to actually suffer in order to enter into my glory? Right? You had to, actually had to suffer. I know that we like sports analogies, but Honestly, teams that are very successful, they actually have to suffer a great deal at training camp, in the weight room, the way they eat, the way they sleep, the way they take care of their bodies, the way they train, to, where they're to the point of exhaustion many a times, running sprints and all that sort of stuff. But that is a suffering side before you get to victory. Jesus had to suffer, not only living in this world for 33 years and living a perfect sinless life while all the temptation was there, then he had to suffer on the cross. He had to suffer. That was the way. Because these men earlier on were thinking, man, we had hoped this Jesus was going to be the king. <laughs> right? Like we had hoped he was going to be the guy that was finally going to restore Israel and make everything better. He was that, but it just looked different. We have to remember that God has his own way. God's ways are not our ways. God has plans we don't know about. He's got steps in there we aren't aware of. I would have had no idea. I could have never told you how or when I would have met my wife. I had no idea. I could have never told you what my kids were going to look like before they were born. I could have never told you about this land. There's so many things. Even years ago, we were praying, God, what do you want us to do as a church? And literally within six months, someone gave us a gift of this land. And then we were able to purchase additional land. And so here we are in these eight acres in of itself is God's plan for our church, but I had no idea. We just started out at the old Hilton Hotel, and it was fine. We did baptisms in the hot tub, and that was a thing. And people thought, well, I want to get baptized. It's warm. It's cozy, you know. And those cold baptismals, but I mean, it was awesome. We had no idea what we were going to do, but God did. 
God knew in 2000 and 2021, this Easter, we'd be here. He also knew we were going to do Easter in the parking lot a year ago, which is not as fun as this. But that's okay, because God has a plan for us. The last thing I want you to see is that when we encounter Jesus, the risen Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, you can't help but want to share him. Because you see, when he opens your eyes, <laughs> um, you can't help but want to open the eyes of others. You know, what Easter is really about, and what this story wrote to Emmaus, it's the gospel. It's the gospel message. It's Jesus died, was buried, and raised again. And the last thing I want to share with us is this. Um, you know, what if I told you that I had the cure for all cancer? What if I told you every form of cancer on planet Earth, I have the cure? It's just, it's, it's one thing. But there's, there's not multiple cures, there's just one cure. And I actually have it. And the whole world is desperately saying, Tyler, man, what, what's this cure? Like, I need that cure because I have family that are sick with cancer. I'm scared. There's things that are happening. I need the miracle drug. Where is it? What's this cure? And what if I told you, I'm going to keep it to myself. It's okay. I got the cure. So in case I get sick, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not going to give it to you. In so many ways, that is the gospel. Guys, the, the gospel is the cure for everything. And not only did Jesus, not just in the Bible, but even today, heal the sick and cleanse lepers and even raise the dead. Not only does Jesus forgive us of our sins, but man, he makes us whole and he restores us. You see, I don't want just a cure. I want to be restored back to wholeness and be stronger and better than before. The resurrection power of Jesus actually restores you to the rightful place that God intended when he, when he created you and you came into this world before sin corrupted you. The resurrection power in you then says, now I'm going to live life with a new pair of eyes. That thing that was tempting before is not an issue anymore. That fear that I was crippled by, I have power over it. That place where I was weary and doubtful, now I have faith. This situation that I thought was impossible is now very possible. Do you understand? When you live with resurrection power, you all of a sudden see everything through a different lens. You see everything through the lens of Jesus and saying, nothing is impossible with God. There is nothing that is impossible with him. You may not experience it. You may not attain it. You may have the faith for it, but not live to see it. Which, by the way, there's plenty of people in the Bible that are like that. They had the faith in God, and they died to the very last day, maybe not getting to see that here on earth. But man, there is a special place in God's heart for people that have faith and don't get to see it. But they died in faith. They lived it, and they went for it. I want to encourage us today on Easter Sunday <laughs> to rejoice because you have the resurrection power. And it doesn't, it doesn't cost you anything. It cost him everything, you nothing. For you, it's free. For you, it's free. That's what this cross is about. This is the cost. 
the price that was paid was the Son of God who did nothing wrong, dying for you and me. So here's how we're going to end. I want to invite the band up. And um, we're going to worship to a song, Amazing Grace, in just a moment. It's Amazing Grace. But I just want to give an opportunity for anyone here this morning. Um, you may have been coming to Antioch for a while. It's maybe your first time. You may have just heard us warming up as a band, and so you just stumbled over here because we were too loud. I don't know. But I believe if you're here this morning, here on Easter Sunday, that I'd be amiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to respond to this resurrection power Jesus. Like the Jesus that can heal you of anything, that can set you free from any addiction, that can pull you out of depression and put you in hope. But beyond all those things that he can do and fix and help you with on planet Earth, the number one thing he does for you is he cleanses you, he makes you clean, and he exchanges his life so that you can be righteous. Because when you are righteous by the blood of Jesus, you can stand before God and you can have a relationship. That's the number one thing he does, is give you a relationship with him. So I just want to give us an opportunity just for a moment. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And if you're here this morning, if you're watching on the live stream, I just want to invite you to pray with me. This is your day. You don't know what next week will hold. You don't know the plans God has for your life. But you have this moment. So Jesus, we... Come before you right now, humbly. And Lord, I just ask for any brothers and sisters, any friends, any family, anyone that right now is saying, I want Jesus. I want the living Jesus to live inside of me. I want to love him. I want to obey him. I want him to be the one that I follow. If anyone's desperately crying out for this morning, you can pray a simple prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that I need saving and that no one else can wash these sins away from my life. Jesus, would you forgive me for everything wrong I've ever done, I've ever thought? Forgive me for my sins. I want to change and follow you. So Jesus, would you come and live inside of me, be Lord of my life, you come and be the number one. You come and be the person that I will follow, I will obey. Jesus, forgive me and cleanse me and wash me and help me to follow your ways now, not mine. To learn more about who you are. So Jesus, I pray this in your name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you just prayed the gospel prayer that Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the grave that you've invited him into your heart you get to live with him now which means you're never alone I don't like being alone but when you receive Jesus never alone anymore he actually says he'll send his Holy Spirit to be with you you can't really see the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit is living and active inside of every single person sitting here today every single person watching that has said yes to Jesus in their heart the Spirit of God is with you He's the one convicting you. He's the one helping you. He's the one guiding you. He's the one constantly helping you to see more clearly. That's who he gave us. So with that, I want us to stand. I want us to worship this God who so desperately wants relationship with us. That's why he sent his son. So Lord, we thank you and we stand and we worship this morning. We just say you are amazing. And it is by the grace of God that we have been saved. Nothing that we've done, but everything that you have done. You have made the way. You have paved 
the path forward for us to have a relationship, to have freedom, to have life, to have joy, to have hope. And we need that now more than ever, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.